This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review the 1996 cult classic comedy Swingers. Plus, Marvel Studios hits pause on the Daredevil show as they rethink their whole TV business. Aquaman 2 behind-the-scenes drama. The Marvels projected to have a disappointing opening weekend. Reactions to new trailers for Monarch Legacy of Monsters, Invincible Season 2, and more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, October 16th. 2023. This is Jason Musen for reasons best left between you and your therapist. You're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Snooch to the Nooch. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Yeah, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. We're Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And joining us is a fella. He's so money, don't even know it. We call him Rugsy Baby. What's up, baby? <laughs> uh, hello, this is Rug Boy. Uh, I'm just going to leave you a message and I'm going to call you right back again. And then I'm going to call you right back again. And then sure uh, you- I think I didn't finish my message. So I'm just going to call you again. Hi, Rugs again. Uh, yeah. I didn't finish Hi, me. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, you're, ma- you're making me you're making me cringe already. Hold on. We get to that me. part. You know what? You know what? I think we need to take a break. Oh, God. I'm sweating <laughs> just I, from that. It's, it's me. It's, it's, yeah, a, yeah. Take a break. Um, it's me. Yeah. You know what? Don't ever call here again. Uh, that's a great teaser for our review this week. But before we do all that, fellas, oh, man, we got some drama in the comic book world. Drama. And the Hollywood world to discuss. Let's get to it. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Save the drama for your mama. It doesn't rhyme that way. Uh, Hollywood strike update last week. The writers. They're still on strike. They're still on, they are still on strike. Absolutely. Uh, the writers last week overwhelmingly ratified, voted for their contract. So they're good. It's all they're good. They're all good. We still have the matter of the actors. SAG after has been on strike now for 93 days. Last week, as I mentioned, things were looking hopeful at the beginning of the week. They had been meeting with the studios ever since the, the WGA thing had uh, been taken care of. Things were looking good when suddenly... Uh, the studios walk away from negotiations oh, shit. on Wednesday. Here's what happened. Here's what I heard from listening to a bunch of podcasts. The studios uh, have refused to budge on their AI stuff, protections for AI, being you know scanning in background actors and using them for the entirety of a film franchise without paying them. The actors, meanwhile, have refused to budge on their revenue sharing, what they want. And apparently the breaking point was they had added last minute. They wanted like a levy on subscribers. They wanted the studios to give them 57 cents per subscriber that they would collect and distribute amongst the actors. And at that point, Ted Sarandos flipped the table and walked out. I don't know. I don't know if that happened. (laughs) That's what I imagined happened. Uh, And now they're saying uh, it's a bridge too far and they're both very far away. So we're back at square one. 
Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. So now, mind you, we have to take into account that the SAG union, a lot larger than the Writers Guild. A light, lot saggier. A lot saggier. A lot, your balls. A lot wrinklier, girthier. So, yeah. you know, it's going to cost the studios more money, but uh, the writers accusing the studios of using the same uh, tactics they were using against the WGA, misinformation, um, not budging on things, bullying tactics, they called it. And the studios are like, look, we're offering you the same shit we offered the writers. What's the problem? How did Saturday Night Live go back on? Aren't they on their You know S- what? I bag? am so confused because, yes, SNL premiered with Pete Davidson hosting. And I was like, "How aren't they SAG? Is it is a variety? Is it considered a variety talk show? Pete Davidson's definitely got to be fucking SAG. He's been in movies. A lot of those people have been in movies. Maybe they're in the Federal Actors Guild. So I'm, yes, instead of the, what is that? Is that different? <laughs> no. I, was conf- I was like, how the fuck is this on? <laughs> Uh, uh, also, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift making a quick cameo. Mm. I don't know what they were doing, but they got a quick cameo. That's how you get ratings. Anyways, that's it. Any other comment on the actors? They're still on strike, and now it's like all broken. It's all broken down. I'm sure that that look. It seems like they like, they were a part on like a couple of things. So I'm sure that this other thing where they're trying to levy the the subscribers that that's just like a. That's a bullshit tactic. They just really want to lock down this other stuff. They're never going to get that. Yeah, I don't know what they should like compromise more on the AI. Maybe the AI stuff is probably more important, and they should fight for that over the subscriber tax. Right. Because um, like that's going to actually take money out of their out of their pockets. Like when they can just do that rampantly. Yeah, right? that's going to steal your soul and your image in perpetuity. Like you can't. You got to stop that shit right now. Yeah, so we'll see. Anthony, business-wise, this is still not good for either side. Things are now going to be delayed even further. Yeah, no bueno. Yeah. I, I don't really have much to say other than love to. We got we got one down. We'd like to get the other one down. Um, but until then, no new shit unless it's SNL because apparently SNL does not fall under say. Yeah, and I mean like the other late night talk shows have come back. Your Jimmy Kimmel's in here. Fallons and all that but uh, yeah i don't know why that's not saying i was very confused i tried to look it up i couldn't find an answer uh anyways let's move on there was these two kind of big bombshell articles released last week from major trades hollywood reporter and variety being the trades about both marvel and dc studios you know these articles the kind that these comic book sites will write 17 articles about the one article They'll just every line will be its own article. Um, So we must discuss. Let's start with the Marvel one. This is from Hollywood Reporter. You guys see this this headline Daredevil hits reset button as Marvel overhauls its TV business. Oh, shit. I did see that. Anthony, uh, give us some of the uh, tidbits, the big bullet points. What 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 was the takeaway from this? Oh, the takeaway was they saw the daredevil footage and weren't happy and fired the writers and fired the directors and said, we got to redo all of this shit. Yeah. And, and they also came to a realization. Maybe this was the final straw, but they realized, Hey, we don't make TV shows, right? Oh my God. We We don't make good TV shows. So we need to rethink about this and actually hire showrunners and 
actually invest in the TV side of things and think about it as a different entity rather than doing it the Marvel way, which was let's just film everything all at once and fix it all in post. Well, now that I think about this, like Disney for years and years, like especially in their TV channels, like, I mean, ABC, even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't great. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. the TV show, yeah. like their, their version of like what a superhero TV show was on ABC wasn't even good. But it was be- it was a little bit better than this. And they also handled the Netflix yeah. shows better uh, than yeah. they handled these Disney shows. Yeah. So those are the two big crazy things. Let's just break down the first one. Apparently, Kevin Feige was involved. They shot, you know, out of the 18 episodes. They shot half of it. And he's like, this shit ain't working. I thought they shot like four. Oh, maybe. Well, somebody else said like they they you didn't see Charlie Cox get into the suit until episode four. Apparently, no Karen Page or Foggy, even though they're a big part of the Born Again storyline, and they let go of the writers, directors, and they're I they're looking for new writers and directors. Will they use the existing things? Will they, how much are they going to reshoot? They're making them executive producers. What does that mean? Is that like a consigliatory prize? I or guess. Cons- like, yeah, that's cons- just yeah. like a. Like hey, a we appreciate your your work in this. We're not. We're going to acknowledge you, but go away. Okay, that's good then. Yeah, you know, sort of. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they fucked it up this bad, they had to stop. But I want them involved at all in any way. Well, and I think, I mean, it's taken them three years to figure out we don't do TV, right? Really? What the fuck? They fight. Look, the j- well, yeah, let me, let me, let me, Marvel doesn't need my defending and I've bashed Marvel now after being a huge defender of them yeah, for a while. Yeah. What I think happened was they took their ma- mindset to making movies and in a way they also reinvented how to make movies with the way they were doing things. Sure. They were having everything kind of already shot. Yeah. Pre-based. director was because coming in everything was kind of set already and then they would fix everything and post if they didn't like it like that was their way of doing things right. and they were like we don't need to do tv the way tv's been done yeah. we made our own way of making movies we can just bring this over to tv and you know from reading this article and reading past articles they looked at episodic tv not as episodic tv yeah. but as a six-hour movie yeah. or a four-hour movie yeah. right so yeah. They brought that movie mindset, and they thought it would work. And the you know the the we have enough evidence to show that it just didn't work. So that's where that's where I think that that mindset came from is they 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 got wrapped up in what they had accomplished in movies. And got a little cocky. They got a little yeah. cocky because there's a reason the traditional method of TV is used and has worked really since the beginning of TV. What you're supposed to do is you hire writers, directors, and a showrunner. That kind of oversees the whole thing. There's something called a show Bible, which is a book that has all the information you need. Then you film a pilot. You film just one episode. You test that thing. You make it good. Then the studio will order more. And then you go and you film the rest of the things. Instead, they were just dumping 100, 200 million dollars. Well, you know, also, you know why they were doing that. And this was something they brought up when Fahi was being asked if the Netflix stuff would ever cross over. Right. And that is the traditional way of making TV where you film a pilot, yeah. you have a showrunner throughout and they're doing things, you know, kind of reacting to things and, and tweaking stuff as they go along. Yeah. You can't do that if you have a universe because if you do, yeah. or you, at least you couldn't do it at that time, or you, you're, you're a little bit hamstrung yeah. because the movies with the way they were intertwined with TV, you needed to know what that story was. 
Right. Because it's going to pick up at the end with the movie. Right. So that that mindset, or the old way of fil- TV filmmaking or the, the traditional way, they just didn't feel like that would fit what they were doing. And, they, and Fahey's quoted as saying that when they were talking to him about the Netflix stuff and how you could integrate it. He's like, it's just, there's too much going on. It's just impossible. I mean, that, so ma- may- that maybe, makes sense. Maybe they don't, maybe it's not as integrated anymore. It makes sense. Like, remember how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would be reacting to every movie right. instead of being a part of it, which is, that's. I mean, season yeah. one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they had to deal with the fact that Winter Soldier takes down Sea Shield yeah, in the middle Hydra, of their season. Hydra has been Shield this whole time. What the fuck? You you would never create an Agents of Shield show if you were going to have the movies take down Shield halfway through your season. But this approach of using movie executives to run the TV side, I this I don't think that's been working. Obviously, you need well, clearly not. You need TV guys. You can still give them this outline. This blueprint is like here's kind of where we have to go. But in the article, clearly states like Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and especially Secret Invasion. People are getting fired. People get replaced. There's creative differences between the writers and the directors and the film executives. Um, and so now they're like, hey, maybe we need a, a showrunner. And uh, maybe we should look at these as multi-season serialized TV. And you think about why- how do they do it in comics and no one cares? Well, co- yes. I mean, comics, you got to well, work. Comics, like- they have all these stories that are being written at the at same, same time, time by different writers. Yeah. And the, every once in a while, they cross over. And sure, some of the stuff doesn't line up properly, but it works in that way. And people just be like, all right, well, this is a crossover. So whatever. But yeah, like- yeah the comics hardly ever. If you read a bunch of comics at the same time, it never it doesn't make a ton of sense. <laughs> They're all doing their own thing. So we know that people are willing to accept that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people did accept it. I mean, you had to. Yeah. I remember reading like four Batman titles at the same time and being like, wait, where is this all happening? These right are all happening. How is this possible? <laughs> They're happening concurrently, uh, possibly. That's a good point. It would all be like its own story. I mean, look, we look at WandaVision. We, WandaVision was great, but I think that's largely because it was the first thing. We didn't know what to expect. Well, and the, the series lent itself to tv yeah it was yeah. copying tv yeah it was in a, and it was yeah. a something we had like you said we hadn't seen before yeah. so it was unique in that sense but they you know they had to rewrite they totally dumped that finale yes it was completely different than what we were expect we were going to get and all if you read any like articles on that oh well, really yeah they well yeah they, i mean don't don't remember i think we talked about it how they they changed the ending how um it became more of a what big was the original you know, ending i don't remember it became more of a big um, third act, a CGI battle scene. Yeah, exactly. Like everything, like everything they do. Doctor Strange was supposed to be in it. Oh, then all the shows ended with big CGI final episode battle scenes. Nine shows it took them to realize. Wait a minute, uh, we got to rethink this. I, look, I'm gonna play this clip for Marvel. I never thought I'd have to play it for them. Well, then get your shit together. <laughs> get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit, so it's together. I don't know why this is so hard. Okay, the comics have already been written yeah. for the most part. If they're sticking to comics, if they're sticking to comics and how all of these unfolded, like they know when things are going to happen and how they happen and and the rhyme and reason for it. So there's no reason why they can't like plan for things, like or leave like a wide open space for something to go there and then things intertwine into it. I think that they're just being really ridiculous about this. Like, number one, 
I don't think these shows, even though that there are designed with movies in mind, have anything to do with the movies anyway. Like WandaVision didn't really play out in a way, and neither did did Loki or anything play out in the way that really affected the movies at all. I, so well, I don't know. It's like, I don't know what the problem is. I think it's like, I'm, I think this is all PR. I think this is all like, oh, we're doing something different. We're saying we're doing th- something different. It's still going to suck because they're not going to take risks and do the things. Like, like I said, last time we were talking about something Marvel's never done, like accurate casting yeah. or sticking to the story or, using the characters that you need in the story when you need them. Like they're not doing that. They're doing whatever they want to do. So I don't care how they, they, the, the PR is of, we fired a bunch of teacher. Uh, we fired a, bu- a bunch of fucking writers and now we're bringing in TV writers and we're doing a T. I don't think that means shit. I, I don't, I think this is all fucking fluff. You don't think it's so, a creative reboot. That's what they're saying. It's going to be no, a creative. They reboot. need to say something. They, I, well, what do you yeah. what do you think happened there? You think I just think that they looked at this shit and they've been getting fucking slammed yep. up the ass yep. by by people and they need to say something to like stop it. So like either make people think that they're doing something different. I don't know. Do you, you know? think they're actually going to change their the way they're making these things, or they're just uh, they, they have? I mean, they, they have, have to. to. I yeah, think they that have. they, of course, they want to make, they want to improve their product, but I really don't think they even know what's wrong with it. I don't even think they know how to fix it. Is Fiji spread too thin? They did give us like 50 hours of shit uh, very oh, quickly. Man. You know, it's a little bit too much. And it's no, I, I, I really think that um, Disney is, is they're, they're not. They don't understand Marvel, and I don't think even Marvel understands what it is anymore. I think it's gotten so far yeah. off the rails yeah. that, and this is happening with DC too. Yeah. Like, no one knows what a comic book thing is supposed to be anymore. So, it, it it's like this whole genre; it's lost its soul to it. Like it, you, a little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched the commercial for Invincible yesterday. I was like, oh, look, this looks like a comic book. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. I mean, Gen V is a great example of episodic television, right? Just give me a season of television where every episode is kind of has a satisfying ending and you leave threads and then the whole thing has a kind of a conclusion and an extra. And you want to watch the next one immediately yeah. after. Cliffhangers are fine, but the, sometimes, and, the, and the pacing should be even throughout each episode. And, you know, they're doing it with the Star Wars shows are all kind of all over the place, too, so... It's weird they haven't cracked the TV code, and now they're like, well, let's just make it like they make TV. Fucking finally. <laughs> um, so uh, did you see that uh, there was a, I don't know if, where I saw this. It was on Instagram this past week, but uh, there was a, a source that said Marvel was legitimately surprised when yeah. the, the, the reaction they got to Ant-Man. Yes. Le- le- as, I think the quote was, they thought they released a banger. Yes, I read that. They said, the lady goes, they thought we released a banger. The fact that they said banger tells you everything. Uh, they, need are, they may be a little bit out of touch. And you know what that made me do, actually? I was like, let me go throw on Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania on Disney Plus over the last few days. And I, I had trouble getting through it. It's, I still haven't finished it. I've been watching it in pieces. And for the last three days, and I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. How could you think this is a banger? It, I don't know. I just I was not feeling it on the rewatch. So maybe they're just the executives are out of touch. You need people who have had experience with television. It's a different beast. 
Um, and it's just a different art form. And you're wasting so much money. $200 million on secret invasion. Yeah. And that's what we get. I feel like it's very simple. You make characters. Yes. That have personality. Yeah. And that have dynamics with other people. Yeah. And you keep true to those dynamics. And everything will should work from there on out. But they're not doing that. Should they're be doing their own thing. Character driven. And they, you know, everything has to set up another thing. But like you said, Anthony, it puts them in a tight spot. Like they got to hit these things. Well, everything's about not what the comics are about. It's their own thing. Yeah. They're like, what is this? Like somewhere along the line, they're like, a superhero movie is not good enough. We have to make it about something else. And I'm like, okay, well, you can do that sometimes. Sometimes the superhero stories are that. Yeah. So do those. Don't t- try and take something and make it something that it's not. Like, I don't know. I feel like She-Hulk, we were like, oh, it's going to be a lawyer show. But then it's not really not. It wasn't, really. It, it You know, like, I don't even know what the fuck that was, that show. I, I mean. It was a self-aware comedy that. Secret Invasion. What the hell was that? Like. There were too, it's too allegorical. Like it should be about aliens invading Earth. Like why try and make it about something else? Mm, mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I mean, hopefully, at the end of the day, this will be good for the TV stuff come moving forward. They have some stuff that's already done that's probably going to suffer the same kind of things. But yeah, they've got some stuff that's already done, right? So. Like Agatha and Echo and all that shit. Right. Um, so we got to wait till Daredevil, which will be next year or the following year, to see how they could salvage this. So uh, I thought that was crazy. There's a crazy article and the fact that maybe maybe this is just damage control PR. But if it's true, it's kind of nuts. Listener, join this conversation. Let us know what you think about all this. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. It is an exclusive closed group just for you. Sign up, sign in, log in, whatever the kids do. I mean, when Kathleen Kennedy did this on Han Solo, yeah, yeah, they fired the writers, yeah, they uh, they brought in someone else, and the director at, at the at the last and minute, and re- yeah, this is they're doing the exact same thing. They're just that's, trying to rebrand it. Yeah, but that's not good. Like that, she's. <laughs> I don't know if that was those were good moves. Maybe they were, but it's all like, why? Why is it so late in the game? But at least he looked at it and he's like, "This is shit. Let's start over." I guess. Uh, let's move on to that other article uh, that was also everywhere. This one uh, on the other side, Warner Brothers DC about Aquaman, uh, the set of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, this has some crazy shit in here, too. Anthony, you read this one. I did read this one. Yeah. What's one thing you remember from this article? Here is the headline. Aquaman 2 flooded with drama. Jason Momoa allegedly drunk on set. Amber Heard scenes cut. Elon Musk letter to Warner Brothers and more. Where do you want to start? I I have a hard time believing that Jason Momoa is dressing up, is dr- showing up drunk on set and dressing like Johnny Depp. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, not. I don't need. I don't know the guy. Yeah. Maybe that's possible. That just doesn't seem like real human behavior. Yeah. You know what? I think it seems like something out of a movie. I think I'm with you. So, well, if you haven't read this article, it starts out by explaining that Johnny Depp fans paid court fees to have uh, documents from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial released. These documents were notes to Amber Heard's from Amber Heard's therapist, and they posted them on Reddit. First of all, I didn't even think you could fucking do that. That's wild, Johnny Depp fans. What the fuck? You guys got no chill. 
They posted her <laughs> notes from her therapist on Reddit. In these notes, Amber Heard described a hostile Aquaman set where she said he was drunk and dressed like Depp and pushed to have her fired from the movie. The dress like Depp thing, if you think about it, Momoa just dresses like that naturally. That's just how he dresses. He has this, yeah. He has the same style. <laughs> of course, their side defending Jason, Jason Momoa saying he's not drunk on set. He has the beer after work or whatever. Uh, the therapy notes also said that James Wan wasn't being very supported and he yelled at her. Uh, again, these, James Wan wasn't supporting her. He wasn't supporting her and he yelled at her. Uh, but again, these are notes that she told these are things she told her therapist so we have to keep that in mind uh the other crazy uh thing in here was they almost fired amber heard from aquaman 2 before all the johnny depp stuff apparently they didn't like the chemistry between amber heard and uh jason momoa like it said in the headline the only way that saved her i guess her elon musk was her former boyfriend at the time maybe it was her boyfriend says here he had one of his litigators send a, quote, scorched earth letter to Warner Brothers threatening to burn the house down if the actress wasn't brought back for a sequel. That's kind of crazy. I guess Warner Brothers caved and didn't fire her. Holy shit, Elon. Mixing it up. Um, That's weird. I just find this very funny. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, there's more in here about scenes being cut with Amber Heard and that two scenes really apparently. gives a shit about this movie. Yeah. Um. So this is a lot of this is based off of her notes. Yes. Therapist notes, mm. which is uh, interesting. Look, well, I mean, I, if this is based off her notes, we and, you know, we've we've heard about her shitting on the bed and all of the stuff. Look, I believe that Amber Heard is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. But like, yeah. it, that's fine. There's nuts. People working yeah, in Hollywood. Hollywood. There's so many fucking crazy people. Yeah. So I don't know why that would even blip, uh, make anyone bat an eyelash yeah. on a Hollywood set. There's fucking maniacs working on there. God knows what's going on in their trailers over there. But like, so I don't know. As long as you show up and say your lines, I think no one gives a fuck. Right? Yeah. So I don't know how much of this is true. I just think there there, there, there is jockeying for screen time. There's jockeying for being in the movie. And I do think that maybe because they don't want her reputation to ruin the movie that's already like no one gives a shit about. They probably cut her out of the movie anyway. So this is like, I feel like a lot of this is maybe she's a fucking insane person on the set, but I don't think that means that she shouldn't be in the movie. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I, I, I just think that like, they probably are worried about the controversy, which to be honest with you, I don't care about. Like when I go to Aquaman, I don't care. Right. Amber heard whatever she did to John, Johnny Depp. Yeah. I don't care. As long as she didn't kill a person. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I don't give a fuck. So, like, I don't know. I, I don't understand, like, why so many people care about this stuff. It's really crazy. I mean, well, yeah, we, here's why it would be worth caring, though. If she legitimately is crazy and this is making up shit about movie, like, yeah, to say that another actor showing up drunk and dressing like your ex-boyfriend to taunt you. Yeah. It's a pretty fucking crazy thing to make up about a coworker. But a crazy person would say that. Yes. Well, exactly. But then <laughs> that crazy person, you don't earn gigs by acting like that. Right. And, and sure, there's a lot of 
crazy I mean, Robert people Downey in Jr. Hollywood. was like showing up on people's houses and you oh, know he went through a whole thing. He and, went, yeah. you know, like, didn't he? Didn't he? Uh, he was blackballed from Hollywood, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? No, for a little bit. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, no, he was still so, working. The, he was still working at the time. Yeah, but he was. He, was, he wasn't movies. Robert Downey. He Jr. couldn't get gigs though. He couldn't get yeah. it. You, you don't. You don't just get stuff by doing acting like an asshole. And then publicly making up stuff about Who's going to want to work with you on a set if this is what you you know is going to happen afterwards? Like, absolutely, this is going to hurt her chances of getting like, anywhere. To be fair, I'll, I'll give her a little bit of benefit of the doubt. If she was just saying this to a therapist yeah. and this somehow got leaked, yeah. that's also really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So you, this whole thing is very. The, the, the whole article is odd. It's so strange. So look, and when it comes down to it, like you said, Rugs, Amber Heard being in the movie is not going to make a difference. I don't think it's. She's the reason this movie may not be testing well. In the article, it said it was testing in the oh, yeah, '60s, and then they reshot it, recut it. Still testing in the '60s. The quote from the article is. Uh, the movie is like this echo of regimes. It's the last remnant of Snyderverse. No one really wants to take ownership of it. It is the lamest of the lame duck, the last movie before we get James Gunn DCU. So they're also saying, though, despite that, it may play well because it's going to be a Christmas holiday movie and there's really no other competition. The biggest thing I took away, I think another it's buried in here. It says. Warner Brothers may face acquisition by another company in the future. Some of the lot are convinced that another company, most likely Universal, is going to buy Warner Brothers within two years, meaning they're buying Warner Brothers and DC Studios and DC Comics, I believe, is all wrapped up in that thing. So if Zaslav can't make this work, he's just going to fucking sell it, which would be crazy. I don't know. Well, the goal might just be to sell it regardless. I think so. I make think, it work and yeah, sell it. Yeah, make it work and then sell it. But I don't. I don't know if Universal is going to be able to do a better job uh, with. Uh, we wow, see, that's sloppy. Yeah, we see how they handle some of their franchises. Uh, but wow, that was just. A, We're going to be down to two fucking studios, right? Everything is. Yeah, <laughs> everything's just going to be this or that. Disney or something else. Uh, so yeah, that those two articles were kind of fun to read and fun to see the reactions. Um, but let's move on because there's a lot of fun stuff coming out in November. Got a couple of trailers, the Marvels being one of the things coming out November 10th. Uh, tickets are on sale currently. I did buy mine. It was wide open. Okay. But they are right now. Boxofficepro.com is projecting the Marvels opening weekend. To be somewhere between fifty million and seventy-five million, which is kind of floppy, Jack. That's bad for a Marvel, for Marvel opening. That is, you have to go all the way back to I think Eternals opened to seventy-five million. Was the last movie that app opened that low? They're also saying it could take about one hundred twenty to one hundred eighty-nine million over the course of its entire domestic run. That'd be really bad. This is bad. Again, this movie is really short. It's an hour 45. So minus credits, that's like an hour 35. It's like the shortest Marvel movie. Be a quick watch. There was some budget shenanigans. What Variety reported 130 million. Forbes reporting more like 220 million. But with this, this is, uh, did you hear, see any buzz for this? They're playing a lot of commercials. Anthony, if this comes in this low, what does that mean? Uh, I mean, I mean, it it means that the track, the the the, it's kind of catching up tomorrow. Yeah, it's slipping. Other stuff slipping. Every um, as far as the buzz, I mean, just amongst my friends, usually by now we would have had a, a group text about, hey, let's go see it this night. Yeah, you know, let's get our tickets or whatever. Nothing. Nothing. 
I forgot the movie was even coming out. There you go. That's so. Yeah, I think that's what seems to be the general consensus. Yeah, it's just there's not. Um, just not a lot of excitement around. Let this me ask one. you this about the Marvel: Who is the bad guy in this movie? What's the conflict? It's a lady yeah. with a stick. Yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all <laughs> we know. <laughs> we don't really know, do we? That's all we know. What? The no, I mean, they're not we'll banking look. on that. They're banking yeah. on the fact that yeah. it's the team, the team up. Yeah. The, again, we've I've we've said this before. The lady with the stick. But the team up is you're banking on the fact that people have watched these Marvel TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. And Miss Marvel was the one of the lowest rated ones, if not the lowest rated one. WandaVision was good, but that was a while ago. Yeah. And Captain Marvel, Brie Larson hasn't done herself any favors in between Captain Marvel and now. And Secret Invasion, which also ties in, is a horrible show. With so. Nick Fury, not a lot of people watching that. And they probably were like, we need to make this show so it doesn't affect this movie with Nick Fury. But yeah. Yeah, this isn't, uh, it's not looking great. I'm really not even that like excited, but you like you're Miss Marvel. I love Miss Marvel. Look, they re-aired it on ABC, but uh, I mean, I'm going to see Miss Marvel. But after look, they got the well, they got the sting of a couple of things lingering: Secret Invasion, Ant Man and the Wasp. Things, yeah. So the, and it's looking like this is what happened to DC when they're stringing bad things. This is, um, it's not going to be great. It's a disappointing from the first movie that made a billion dollars and opened to like 153 back in 2019. The original just crazy, but well, they also, there's only so many times you can play the, this movie is a cultural moment like that one. Yeah. Was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were playing up. Oh, this is female empowerment yeah, superhero. Yeah. And that's good. You can do that. The one time you can't do that for the sequel. How long What's, ago was no the other one? Twenty nineteen. But that's like five. What's five years ago? Four years? Five years? Wow. Twenty nineteen. Also, keep in mind, released in the midst of peak Marvel. Yeah. Between Infinity War and Endgame, there's no better. It was time just to release a Marvel movie than. But then. this one's got female power, empowerment, diversity. It's got everything. Yeah, but that doesn't matter anymore because now, before people were clamoring for that because it wasn't like a thing, but now, like literally. Every Everything show is doing it. Yeah, that's a good point. So now you, there's no like, that's a good point. How, how, how is it special now? Yep. Uh, 100%. Now, how do you pivot? Oh, that is an interesting. Uh, now now it just has to rely on its own merits. There's no angle. Right. There. Just you need good characters in a good movie. And it could be a great movie. I do- it could be good. It's just there's not the, the build up to it's not been great. I mean, Barbie just stuff. came out. Yeah, I mean it's the ultimate woman movie, right? Well, so, yep. another ultimate woman movie just came out, and uh, w- w- speaking of the box office weekend, I g- I have to mention this thing. Uh, they're projecting fifty to seventy five million. Taylor Swift's uh, Eras Tour concert film opens to ninety seven million dollars opening weekend domestically, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it's what what was this? Is it just a, co- a replay the, of her concert? Yeah, it's a yeah. filmed version of her tour concert. All the people who didn't go to, who couldn't go to her concert yeah. can now go wow. to the movie theater and watch. There, it there. look the concert. There's a lot of great concert films. They used to be a thing. They haven't. They're kind of coming back. But like in the 70s, 80s, there was a lot of big ones. You know, you have your Woodstock. You got your Talking Heads concert film. Martin Scorsese made one of the band. Uh they're 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 kind of fun because they, it is like the best seats at the concert. You get all the angles and you're up close. But this thing killed. It's sitting at 123 million worldwide already. It's like three hours it's long. Two hours and forty nine minutes. 
Well, we talked about it before, but if this doesn't prove she's one of the biggest in the world. It is the uh, highest grossing. They're cementing her, putting feathers in that girl's cap. Yeah. I think it's the biggest uh, concert opening for a concert film and the highest grossing concert film already and almost broke the box office opening weekend record for October. The Joker held that. It almost broke that, but man, it almost makes a hundred million. Look, man, right the gate. Barbie did wonders, and this is gonna do when when you get yep. when you get the full weight of the Karen moms going to the theater, bringing everyone they know. <laughs> you know, pre gaming. It is getting yeah, drunk with their kids. <laughs> I mean, it almost became as big as the thing as Barbenheimer. Yeah. As a, you know, it was following the momentum of the Barbenheimer. They love it. So let them let them have fun. Yeah. Why not? Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, the Marvels ain't going to see that much. Uh, okay, more things coming out in November. November 17th, Monarch Legacy of Monsters does come out on Apple TV+. Plus. It's got good buzz right They now. just put out a trailer uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, currently with 14 reviews, it's sitting at 93%. Oh, shit. Not yeah. bad. You guys check out this trailer. Let's talk about this trailer. There's some cool shit in here. Well, yeah, they released a bunch of episodes to like reviewers. Yeah, I think the first four or they five. They premiered or something. the first episode at New York Comic Con. Ah, this is all at New York Comic Con this weekend. Yes. Yeah. So I've been hearing good things. The trailer basically sets up uh, Randa's family, which, if you don't know, is uh, Jonathan Goodman. Oh, from the King Kong. Yeah, he's in Skull this trailer. He's in this show too. There's a shot of him. And it's him, like, when he's young and when he's old. And there's another dude that's also, like, you, you see him in the past. And it just kind of family members discovering that Monarch exists and and all of the secrets that, that it holds that, you know, about the monsters and how, where they are and what, what's been going on and all this other stuff. So it's got a lot of intrigue. And Godzilla does appear from time to time. Dude, the, shot, not, the shot of him at the end of this trailer is pretty dope. It's not about Godzilla. Godzilla just appears from time to time. So don't go in expecting it's going to be a Godzilla show. Uh, I love seeing the aftermath of San Francisco after Godzilla attacks. There is some eggs of monsters being born. Uh, and I heard Kurt Russell is really good, and it's a character-driven show. Anthony, uh, what are you thinking about this show after this trailer? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not. The trailer doesn't do a ton for me. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, I'm more pleased to hear about the early re- good reviews. Um, it's called Monarch for a reason, yeah. so I, I, I am also not expecting a ton of Godzilla, and I'm okay with that. Look, at the end of the day, similar to how maybe superhero fans felt in the early 2000s, I never thought we'd be getting this much Godzilla. (laughs) And, you know, people have their opinions of the legendary universe. John Belay Jr. will never like this, even if it's 100% for everyone else. Um, But I'm cool with it. And it's on Apple TV. Apple TV, for the most part, Apple TV is like, kind of like prestige television amongst a lot of the streamers. So, you know, they're putting their money behind this. It's getting good reviews. It's a character that I'd never thought would be accepted in the mainstream like this. So all's good, man. I like it. From what I hear, the tone is going to be carrying the torch from 2014 before things went sideways and went wacky. 
Um, so I, I think that that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's a more serious tone and that they're going to actually try and get some of this lore figured out. Like a lot of the stuff that we got to see in the, the newer films with Wingard just going ape shit. Like he made a movie and then he cut it and, and, and made it into like, like a farce kind of funny movie, fun mm. movie, mm. which is fine because it did, did deliver on action. You can't do that and not deliver on action. It did. But it did lose something. It got to a point where it became like silly. So this, hopefully this kind of being like on the opposite side of it will balance it out. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. It seems gritty and serious. Are they, but there does this like, it shows uh, some stuff in the ground. Do you think they're going to deal with that whole hollow earth thing? There are things coming. There's creatures they coming out of the ground. At some point. Yeah. yeah those this eggs is are where down they, there. Yeah. I don't know how much you're going to spend, but they're definitely, they definitely know about it. I mean, so, the um, action beats look great, and I'm expecting, you know, there's going to be secrets that'll be revealed, and and Monarch and guys trying to figure out things they're not supposed to. Fun stuff. A lot of, again, give me good characters. Let the characters drive the drama, and uh, you, you write a good story that way. I don't know how many. See, the, the thing about Godzilla is half the time you don't even need to give good characters. No, mostly <laughs> you don't want characters. You don't want any of the humans in the Godzilla movies. It becomes it's, a lot It's better. a nice to have, yeah. and it makes the movie, elevates the movie to something more than just a Godzilla movie. Right. But, you know, other than that first movie, let's not act like Godzilla had this prestige amongst anything. But this, that word, it's, they're giving it some prestige with Apple TV Plus That's money. Funny. And it's they're trying to create a world. Yeah. They're trying to do world, the building. world building. They're trying, yeah. yeah, they're trying to get the narrative. Because I do think what's Godzilla's uh, biggest thing is that you're going to have kids or people tuning in that are going to be into these monsters that they introduce. The more monsters that they have that they own, that they that they will be able to sell merchandise of and keep the interest and all that other stuff. Like you can make a Godzilla video game like that's MonsterVerse and have all the MonsterVerse monsters in it. You know, yeah. like there's a lot of like IP to be mined if it, it is popular and people do like it. Look, I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna go in. It's. I'm not expecting like a, a giant kaiju every episode, but I am expecting a good mystery. Just give me a good mystery that makes sense with some tension and some good stakes, and then just you know throw in a kaiju here every couple of episodes. Uh, yeah. Real I don't clips. know. I mean, like you can't. It's. It's not called Godzilla, so no. that's like yeah. the first good step. So hopefully, um, because they have like singular point in these other Godzilla shows where like Godzilla doesn't even show up until like the last episode. And that's fucked up. I've liked all the little hints that they've thrown in the monarch and all the movies so far, like in Kong Skull Island and you go into the past and uh, all the little bits and the designs. And uh, I've enjoyed that part. So we'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, Another show that dropped a trailer also does great world building. Invincible season two. I'm already geeked. November 3rd. This one's dropping. They put out pretty juicy bloody trailer in animation here uh anthony what are you are you more excited for this or godzilla what do you think of this one? Oh yeah this is i love this this is, <laughs> this is your thing. i, this I is like your godzilla bet. don't get me yeah. wrong but um you know th- this i've i've never seen anything like this other than that first season so you know trailer does makes me excited i i don't i don't i haven't read the comics yeah. so you know there's nothing 
there's no beats in the trailer like that make me pumped because yeah. I I have no history with this. That being said, um, Invincible's awesome. It's fucking great. Can't wait for another season. Great voice cast. Intriguing story. Yeah, can't wait to see where it goes. I have no idea. Did you guys ever watch? Yeah, that's the great thing about it. Yeah. yeah, you're in for a ride. Did you guys ever watch that one-off about the uh, the other girl, the episode they put out? It was yeah. really good. That was is good, it? yeah. Yeah, you got to watch that before this starts. It's like, uh, what is the name of the character? Voiced by Julian Jacobs. Uh, this, she's in this trailer. I can't remember the character. It's like Atomic Girl or something. Something like that. Watch that. That's great. But this, at the end of the trailer, that whole bit that makes it seems like Mark Invincible is going to be just as bad as his dad, Omni-Man. Where he's like, you you can't resist us. Remember, I'm invincible. I was like, what the fuck is happening there? Uh, but uh, yeah, I love the first. That might season. be a bait and switch, but like, I think yeah. it is. There's something something weirds going on there. I have also not read the comics, so I'm excited to go into this. Uh, same thing with the boys. I never read the comics. I kind of want to read the comics, but there's a lot of comics for both of those shows uh, to catch up on. Uh, but a lot of good shit coming out in November. A lot of good content. To be enjoyed. I'm excited. Coming up here, we got Godzilla. We yeah, got this. Yeah, we might need to uh, figure something out with that Apple. Cause I don't got that Apple. Whoa, you don't have the Apple no. TV Plus? Okay, man. See, I see. I can got, share you also, my did thing. you hear that Disney? I think November first is getting rid of um, online password sharing. Oh, they're cracking down too. Doing a Netflix thing, dude. They like more than doubled their annual subscription price for Disney Plus. It's like one forty now, and it was like seventy dollars a year, and now it's like one forty. And then they're cracking down. That's gonna be a problem for us because uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about a show. It what the fuck? Oh boy, uh, I'll get oh, you an Apple boy. TV thing. You can use mine, maybe. I don't know. It's all tied into people's Apple's account, so it could be a little tricky. Well. Uh, boy all right look let's take a quick break here play some promos we come back and uh travel back into the 90s and talk about a fun 90s comedy right after this after these messages we'll be right back i'm imran and i'm sophia i'm the brother and i'm the sister and we are watching a show about cousins We're your hosts for Dance of Joy, a Perfect Strangers rewatch podcast. We grew up watching the 80s hit sitcom, and now we'd like you to join us every week as we rediscover our love for our favorite TV cousins, Balky and Larry. You can find our show at danceofjoypod.com and on all major podcast platforms. Now we are so happy, Sophia. We do the Dance of Joy. Imran, this is a podcast. They can't see us. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Listen, if you've been enjoying this show, it is a great time to give back and support the show by joining our Patreon Jock and Nerd fan club. Jock and Nerd! 
Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, and there's a bunch of tiers where you can pledge your support. Everything goes back into the show, helps the show keep going. We love all the continued support we got from you, listener. Uh, there's exclusive stuff like an, uh, a podcast feed that where the shows come out early. There's bonus content, instant reactions. We have a monthly Discord hangout. You get to join us. In fact, this month's hangout already. It's been a month, fucking guys. Crazy. Fucking guys. Fucking guys. It's been a fucking month. This week, Thursday, October 19th, is uh, this month's hangout. Try to make it there. Put it in your notes. Cool. When? Th- this Thursday. <laughs> This Thursday, Andy. Oh, fuck. Come on. It's Thursday. You're not, you got to save money if you buy shoes and comic books. You're not, you're yeah. not going out. You're not going out. Uh, ordering DoorDash. It's yeah. busy. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you can sit there and polish your shoes and put them in glass cases and we'll uh, hang out. It's a lot of fun. So we have them every month. So whenever you sign up, there'll be a Discord to hang out. You can pick a movie for us to review. Lots of other fun things all on our Patreon page. Check it out. Link in the description. Okay, let's get to this week's movie review. We are going to be taking a look at the 1996 comedy Swingers. Yeah. Is this a Patreon? It is not. We Hold on. Why are we doing this, Imran? Well, okay, before I hit the spoilers, how did we get to this movie? I was going to ask you, but I could tell you. Yeah, why don't you you like to talk? Why don't you tell us? Here's what happened. If you listen to the end of last week's episode, we started talking about comedies. Why would you do that? Why would you listen to you the gotta end? listen all the way to the end? <laughs> That's where the good stuff is. When we finally loosened up, we've been bullshitting for like an hour and a half. We started talking about our favorite comedies from the eighties, the nineties, possibly doing a comedies tournament, and then afterwards we continued to talk about comedies, and then I realized uh that Anthony had never seen swingers oh shit that shocked me and then it became kind of the thing i think this is what we should do is each one of us pick a movie remember we did that like a few years ago right yeah so then we we will we'll we'll theme it yeah yeah we're gonna theme it so well so then this became like imran pick a movie and when i found out anthony had not seen swingers i was like oh we have to fucking you need to watch this movie he he makes it sound like this was a quick decision this guy was hemming and hawing over here it took a while a long ass time, but I wanted it. He to, finally came to a decision. I wanted it to be something you hadn't seen that I loved. We were like talking about what movie should it, we watch. I'm like, Imran, Swingers is kind of money. We it's should watch money, baby. And you know, uh, Anthony's uh, how we kind of money. We live vicariously through Anthony's social life. I needed him to watch this movie. It meant a lot to me when it came out. So hold on, here's your spoilers. Even though you can't spoil this movie, strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. On Rotten Tomatoes, Swingers uh, sitting at 88%, uh, 7.7 out of 10. This movie was made for about $200,000. And really, the movie is the culmination of the time, right? In in the mid-90s, here's the two things that were popular. Uh, the rise of independent filmmakers. Their movies getting a lot of attention, getting really popular. And there was a swing music revival. Yes, swing music from the 40s yeah. came back in the mid-90s. And we lived through it. We yes. lived Big through bad it. Big Voodoo Daddy. It was great. All of Those things smashed together give you 1996's Swingers. So, independent film made for $200,000. It makes $4.5 million in the box office. Not too shabby for an independent movie. This was directed by Doug Lyman. We know that guy. He's done a lot of great movies. Born Identity, Go, he's done uh, and written. The the, uh, the upcoming future all-time action hero classic. 
Oh, what is he working Roadhouse. on? Oh, he's working on the Roadhouse yeah. reboot yeah. Uh, right now. Guaranteed to be box office. Let me Come tell on, you. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Rug Boy's new fi- Rug Boy's it will re- it will soon replace Rug Boy's original Roadhouse as his most favorite Roadhouse movie. Not a chance. <laughs> Doug Lyman also giving us Edge of Tomorrow, American Made, Mister and Mrs. Smith, a uh, bunch of fun stuff. This movie is written by John Favreau. Okay, and it stars John Favreau, Vince Vaughn, Ron Livingston, Heather Graham, and it kind of launched all of their careers. These were struggling actors and actresses uh, working in Hollywood, launches the career. This goes on to be kind of a cult hit, R-rated, nice runtime. Back in the day when you get a nice 90-minute movie, it's 96 minutes, just the perfect length. Uh, and again, just to establish, I was in art school in college when this movie came out. So we're going to get into our histories. But Anthony, you just watched this for the first time, right? Yeah, I literally finished the movie and hopped on this podcast. Okay. What happens in Swingers? Oh, Swingers is play, or, uh, about this sad sack played by John Favreau, who broke up with his girlfriend and moved out to the West Coast to be make it out there and he's not making it and he's sad as fuck and his friends are trying to get him out of the hole that he's been in for six months. That's really it. That's pretty much the plot and it's all about the mood. Oh, and there's some swing dancing at the end. There is some swing dancing. It is called swingers, not that kind of swingers. That's what I thought it was when before you guys told me that that was what this was. Yeah, yeah. Great title. I think a lot of people think that. Um, Before, do I want to know what Anthony thought first or I just want to establish Ruggs and I have a Deep connection to this movie. Why is that, Rux? Uh, I don't know if we saw it together. But we definitely saw it around the same time. And uh, in 1996, uh, I think we were living in New York City, and we were going out all the time. Yeah. We were out on the town. We were, we, were, we were prowling the streets. Yeah, we were prowling. We were living this kind of life, yeah. and it was nice to see when we saw this. We're like, oh, this is what they're doing out in L.A. We were doing the New York version of this. Yep. So there was no sw- there was swing clubs, but we weren't even doing that. There were there was uh, a lot of funny overlap and a lot of contrast. Uh, it I immediately like loved this movie when I saw it. I always thought it was hilarious. I thought it was kind of like a post pulp fiction comedy about uh, about your about your posse. Yep. And like the one sad sack that fucking ruins it for every, every and we we had one of those in our pods. Wasn't it me? I feel like uh, no, I, can relate. I was a little bit like Mike. Some like, of I was this, like, this feels like Imran. Some of, yeah. some of the Mike stuff I really did relate to. Uh, I think we all did. Yeah. I think I was probably one of the for a while like that as well. Yeah, everybody we, had we, one. we trade places, yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, it was just I can relate to it so much, and um, I found it to be. Pretty funny because people didn't really talk like that out in New York, but I could imagine like pretentious uh, L.A. people talking like Here's that. Here's the thing. Once we saw this movie, we were all fucking talking like this. Oh, yeah. Everybody we were, yeah, we were aping the movie so all the time. Baby. Look at all the beautiful babies. Uh, so, Anthony, I want to know, watching it for the first time, first impressions. I'll say I, I the story at times actually did catch me because there's a point in a, a lot of men's lives where they go through something like this yeah so immediately you either relate to either going through that or being the guy that's trying to support a sad sack friend yeah. going through that yeah. right so 
on one end that caught me the movie opens with them kind of going to vegas that hooked me in a little bit uh it is filmed very similar to go yeah and although a lot of those indie 90s movies yep. um one of the things i noticed was miramax isn't that weinstein associated uh, with miramax? probably yes <laughs> <laughs> that that caught my eye right away probably is uh, it felt like weinstein go yeah um and i liked go a lot yeah so all those things had going for John Favreau, uh, Matthew Vaughn, uh, dude from Office Space. I forgot his fucking name. Ron Livingston, yeah. Ron Livingston. So uh, those are on the positive. On the negative, for me at least, um, more of a drama to me than a comedy. Yeah, like it's not, a drama not, comedy. It's hard to watch move comedies by yourself. Yeah. I, I, sometimes, I, you know because I, I don't get caught up in the laughter, but I, I, I chuckled at some things, but there was never a moment where I was like, oh my God, that's fucking Yeah, hilarious. it's not like a it's not like a laugh out loud no. comedy, but I no. did even find myself laughing out loud when the part that I laughed at the most is when he pulls out the gun and yeah. he goes, oh, now one of us is going to die. Did you ever see Boys in the Hood? Because we had just seen Boys in the yeah. Hood and it was hilarious. That's a, a great hilarious line. callback. He's like, whoa, the guy <laughs> stepped to you, Snoop Dogg. What are you doing? Yeah, like yeah. I think I, for its time, like there was never, there wasn't any movies that were people where guys were talking like guys about getting laid, yeah, about uh, guys supporting guys, and it was or like yeah. or a guy like like having to use his calling card and interrupting somebody who's having sex. That happens at the shore houses all the time. Where, like some asshole will completely blow your game. There's always that guy that's gonna blow your game. It's so relatable. <laughs> so many quotable lines. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm quoting every fucking thing in this movie. D- don't get me wrong, I, I I see why you nerds like it for sure. Uh, especially, <laughs> Anthony's like I do this in real life. <laughs> well, that's why I was really curious what you think because Anthony, this was how you had game back in the '90s. Like we, I learned shit from this movie. It was almost like a guidebook. Yeah, usually I think you gotta wait two days, but I think three days. Three days is kind of money. money. Three days is very money. <laughs> Look, let me just tell you, watching this again, this is an amazing time capsule movie of the times of L.A. in the 90s of the fact like Clerks and Pulp Fiction, these kind of independent produced movies are coming out and people are quoting them left and right. And they were really low budget. This is a world where you needed good answering machine game, something that is lost that nobody does. Like the answering machine bits. Till I was like, holy shit, answering machines. I forgot. Yeah, your, your message could ruin I you forgot. if you did the and wrong you would message. leave it there and like Seinfeld did a whole episode of trying to switch the tape of an answering machine back when they had that. But the L.A. party scene, the Vegas party scene, we walked away just saying, Vegas, baby, you're so money. Look at all the beautiful babies. Just every fucking line. I love when they go to Vegas and like he gets them excited about going out because they're going to Vegas, but then it takes like four hours to get to Vegas. Yeah, they're like, Vegas. And their enthusiasm still, keeps getting lower. Like, Vegas. Like, yeah. 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 Then they finally see it. I think that was, Did those that was rules of Vegas still apply, Anthony? I learned they always double What's down that? on 11, put the money on the table. Oh, yeah. Those are, yeah, those are just gambling things. And everybody, you wanted to be like, you wanted to be Vince Vaughn's character, right? Trent. Uh, initially, because he had the confidence, he had the swagger, he got the game. Mikey has cringy lines uh, all the time. Yeah, he was the comedian who wasn't funny. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to be a stand-up comic, <laughs> but he's really not funny. Did you spot the Godzilla in his room? Oh, he had a Godzilla? No, I didn't see <laughs> that. Yes, there was a Godzilla in his room. 
Who's the big was winner? That his real apartment? Was that his real apartment? Yes, I that think. was actually Vince Vaughn's real apartment that he was living in at the time. The car they drove to Vegas was also, I mean, sorry, uh, John Favreau's apartment. And that was also John Favreau's car that they used. Uh, but the 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 scenes with uh, with Sue and the whole L.A. party scene where everybody drives separately. I, that shit is so funny. Yeah, you take your own car. Uh, yeah, never- they must be parking everywhere. And then and you're at a hopping party. The guy's like, yeah, man, this place is dead anyway. Let's go on to the next thing. Uh, but you get to see really cool clubs like the Dresden and the Derby. Uh, and the whole L.A. vibe just entranced me. I was like, look at these fucking dudes out here. And it opens with a diner and it ends with a diner. Yes, the diner was a huge thing. You see it in Tarantino movies. You see kind of clerks at the convenience store places at the diner. But uh, me and my friends, we would sit like in college. We'd go to diners and just like come up with movie movie ideas and they thought we were cool. But like the diner conversations. Uh, does that even is that even a thing anymore? I don't know. Nobody goes to diners. No, I mean, like. Think about it. If you're watching it now, you're a person who uses their phone to do everything. You text. You don't call. You don't have to, like, come up with, like, I mean, there's a text game, obviously, but it's a different thing. Like, you don't meet girls by walking up to them most of the time. You meet them on an app. And, uh, I know Anthony gets out there and and mixes it up with <laughs> yeah, Anthony compare and contrast. You, you must have had some time in the old world, but, like, <laughs> the way you had to pick up girls back then compared to now. You had to have game. You had you to had be to able to game. fucking the balls to get rejected. Nobody's on their phone, right? It's just you there. You know, you yeah, I, I, I do see that. I think that's a little bit overplayed. If you go out to any bar, yeah. guys are hitting on girls. Yeah, still. That, that, it's, it's not like guys are on their phones and not talking to girls. Guys still go up to girls. So a lot of the, the game stuff of actually approaching girls here. Um, while a little bit over exaggerated, like I'm not sure Vince Vaughn talking to that girl that way would get her to want him to sleep with him. <laughs> the waitress, uh, yeah, the way in the beginning, yeah. Um, but yeah, that this that happened. So I, that immediately I could still relate to some of that stuff. Of well, to you, you know about the book, the game. Oh yeah, I I, so I own the. When book, did that come out? What year was that? <laughs> so there was a whole thing about it during that period of time. Like if you were negative towards a girl that would actually get her interested in you because Digging, yeah because that would she would feel self-conscious and want your approval right and as fucked up as it sounds it actually works if you're if you have you have to have charisma though you know otherwise it it's, doesn't it's work. about um wow this is going to get into a very game con uh, gamey podcast or how to hit on women yeah. but it's more about it's not about the content of what you're saying it's about the tone and uh, the um, I, physical um charisma you exude while you say it yeah you can't just be a dick like right. that's not gonna work you gotta yeah. be like a playful dick right it's so that's, I don't know that's that still that, that, that <laughs> i mean it's gotta be a playful <laughs> it's true would the, would these uh would these lines work today some of the lines he uses in this movie it's not again it's not about the lines right. you could probably get away okay. with some and of those lines if you say it in a way that's playful we all wanted to do that move where we get the number and we turn around and you rip up the fucking rip paper like a dick i was fucking i was like oh. i had a i had a night uh that was <laughs> very reminiscent of what happened in this where um I went to a uh, club and I was like with my friends and I was like showing off like, well, I'm going to get this girl. And I did. I got her number. And then that same uh, like a couple of days later, I fucked it up by leaving the wrong kind of message and then calling back <laughs> and, and then trying to adjust my message. And I'm like, oh, I just fucked it up. 
And that's exactly what so happened. So let's jump to that scene. Well, yeah. During, so that during that scene, you can get into it in a second. Yeah. But I, I was invested enough in the movie where when that scene happens and he calls her for the third and the fourth time, I'm literally... I put my phone in front of my face because I was going, can't, I can't watch yes. this. Yeah. I was feeling pain for him. Dude, yeah. that is still the most painful scene to watch to this day where he finally, he get he he has some game and he gets a number from this girl, Nikki, and she's really cute and he doesn't fuck it up. And then that's when they have the whole conversation. How long, uh, how long should I wait? Two days, three days is money. And then he's like, how long are you guys going to wait? And they both go, six days. And then <laughs> right away he gets up and calls her. And the first time he calls her, it beeps right as he finishes his leaving his phone number, right? So, and he puts the phone down, and you're like, wait a minute. Second time, it's still not bad. He calls her back, what, six, seven, eight times? And it's so, like, it makes you sweat. It's so painful to watch. And then in the last one, he's yeah, like, man. you know, Nikki, it's it's you. It's me. This is not really working. And then she picks up the phone. And it's just like, don't ever call me again. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's still, still, that's a, it's such a hilarious scene, and you, you feel it. You feel it. Now, as 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 it's a comedy, what do you think are the funniest parts? Yeah, what are some of your favorite parts? I have, I got I got a bunch. All right, you start. Well, I love. Uh, so you know, you got Mike, who's the sad sack. You got Trent, the confident guy, and then you got Sue, who's kind of the wild, crazy guy who pulls the gun on the guy. And the first time Mike's talking about Sue, where he's like, "Oh yeah, that guy Sue. One time I saw him just beat this guy's, just go crazy, bash this guy's in. Real nice guy though. Real nice guy. And it's just guys, <laughs> nice guy." <laughs> Uh, that I I still love that part. The whole is she looking at me now? Is she looking at me now? Like the no. whole thing is fucking hilarious. Okay, she's just looking. Yeah. Okay, she's not looking at me. Oh my god, she's just like, oh, it's on. Oh, it's so fucking on. We would say that shit too. Everything in this movie, we ended up saying in real life. Yeah, what, it's on. We got that. What about you, Rugs? Favorite part? Well, yeah, the whole like boys in the hood thing always makes me yeah. laugh. Um. Him like losing in poker and the fucking the, the fucking dealer just looking at him like he's a piece of shit <laughs> is fucking great. Uh, yeah, Vegas, them being like excited for Vegas, and then cutting to them going, yeah, Vegas, like being tired. I think that it's a great way to open the movie. Yeah. And then when they get to Vegas and like the lights are like reflecting off oh, the, it looks the hood so cool. of the car, yeah. and I'm like, all right, like it does like it plays with your emotions, yeah. and I I do like that I, I, that. It does that. It picks you back up again after like putting you down. Yeah. And um, there's the the I always like when Vince Vaughn is drunk at the diner. Oh, at the end, he's like, he's "You're all grown yes. up now." You're all grown up. He stands up. on the You're diner. Grown up. You're grown up. Oh, I'm the asshole here. I'm the asshole. We, that's a, he's like, I wouldn't eat in this place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he starts getting insulted yeah, and yeah. acts like an asshole. We would say that too. You're all grown up. You're all grown up. Our little baby's grown up. I like him hanging up mid. I love you oh. on uh, on his ex. Oh my god! Then at the that's end, that's so satisfying. Yeah, Heather, Gra- good. Heather Graham is so cute in this movie. And then when he, the phone rings and it's finally the girl that he broke up with for six months that he's telling everyone, and he hangs up to call to talk to Heather Graham. Mid, I love you is fantastic. Finally, he does. So there's great like growth in Mikey. He gets some confidence. He moves on. I love when they go to Dresden and there's this two old people playing, that, <laughs> staying alive. That's Marty and Elaine. They were actually actual performers in the Dresden. They've been working there for 35 years. Uh, they got real big after this movie. I'm like, that's so absurd the, that people would go the, to that. Yes. They, but they did. Yes. They they actually, people actually went to that place 
and listen to them. The whole thing about finding like the, uh, the entrance to these places and alleys, you just had to know where they are because they didn't have any doors in the, in the beginning. Uh, LA doesn't have alleys. Does it? I, I don't know. They, they went in through an alley. <laughs> and then like the, oh. the other big thing we would constantly quote was like, oh, the LA has alleys. where he's like, there. you don't know what to do. You're like a big bear. She's a little bunny. You're like a big bear with these claws. She's like this tiny little bunny. You know what to do? Like that shit was great. So money, you don't even know. It's so money, um, you don't even know. I also like the use of the Jaws theme when he's talking <laughs> to the red hair yes. girl, and then he realized that he just rolled up on this girl that's completely like a hot mess. Yeah, she just wants to talk about acting. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he's just like, oh, he's like, you can see him nodding his head and like, what the fuck am I doing here? For that, for that scene, they had to clear the sample of the Jaws music from Steven Spielberg. Spielberg watched the clip with Vince Vaughn and was impressed. And that's how Vince Vaughn ends up in a Jurassic uh, Park movie. Uh, it's oh, wow, because of this movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. This movie, again, like this is, you know, John Favreau right now running Star Wars, Iron Man, the whole thing. Happy Hogan. This is when he was just starting out. And what are your, some of your, you have any things that stick out, Anthony, that you enjoyed? Favorite lines? Uh, I, there, again, I, I didn't laugh out loud uh, uh, much, if anything. I, there was, I had some chuckles. So I don't have a scene that particularly I remember right now. Although I do remember chuckling a little bit. There was the the line when he pulls the gun out and they're like, they're like, you know, asking like if he's Snoop Dogg or whatever. He's like, hey, man, you're not from here. All right. You don't know how it is. I grew up in L.A. <laughs> and then uh, one of the dudes is like Anaheim. Anaheim. Like, you know, you, if you know anything about L.A. Yeah. and Anaheim, like that's not it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. So that that made me laugh. Um, other than that, I mean, there was there, again, there was some there was some goofy lines. All the 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 part where Vince Vaughn looks out to see if he's doing well. And it looks like he's making out with the other yes, girl in the trailer really- and then they cut to him and he's just telling her about it how about his she's ex like so six like, oh, months oh you poor thing <laughs> i was like oh this fucking guy and then he sucks the other girl into it and train is just sitting there with like just with a towel on and a pillow so awkward the trailer scene is great so have you ever been through this like where you had like to try and either get somebody out of the funk or oh yeah, in the yeah. funk and there's definitely been times where you either I've been in the funk or someone else has been in the funk and you're like, let's go out. And yeah. And then, and, uh, the friend that hasn't been in the game for a while, yeah. it's always, um, you always forget how shitty that like not being in the game is. And then trying to integrate someone in the game, you're like, Oh my God, you don't know what the fuck. <laughs> you're doing. And, and that, that certainly rings true here. Like I, uh, John Fabro, while maybe slightly over exaggerated, definitely plays it in a way where you you've seen that happen where a guy just doesn't know what the hell's going on just wants to goes to every girl and it just screws things up because either a he doesn't know how to talk to her or b he wants to just talk about his ex but i i love you know they shot this movie in like 18 days but they were all friends before the chemistry between all of them is great like it's a great group of dudes who and i love all his motivational speeches where he's like i don't want you to be like the guy in the pg-13 movie everybody's really rooting for once you be like the guy in the R-rated movie, uh, just pump <laughs> it up. We used to say like, that too. Yeah, we, we used said to say that, that all, shit all, all the of these lines. We've said, I remember we've said that we said them to each other. Be the guy in the R-rated movie, Imran. So a couple of other things I love in this movie is his uh, tributes to Tarantino and Scorsese. If you and then the film conversations they have, and you notice they do like the slow mo walk, like in uh, Reservoir Dogs, and then they do the walk through the kitchen. Like in Goodfellas, uh, and, and I, they do the, the table around the table. Oh, thing and they do too. the circle around the table like a Tarantino. So I love, 
uh, that he's playing with that. And he kind of, he wrote this in two weeks, John Favreau. His uh, father gave him a screenwriting program on a computer. And it, this was just an exercise based on his own experiences. He had moved from Chicago, also broken up with his girlfriend, uh, but kind of made up a couple of things. So he's kind of writing from his life and then embellishing it. But it is just a classic dudes hanging out L.A. fucking movie. I mean, yeah, this is a classic movie. There was a lot of movies like this at the time. I think because Leonardo DiCaprio had the pussy posse. Oh, right. And that was like legendary. So people were like, hey, what if we make a movie about a pussy posse? They made that movie Tomcats. Yeah. Which was like really fucking crazy. There was like a lot of like movies about guys going out and like doing the game, you know, like he got game and whatever. So like there's a lot of these fucking movies that came out. But I think that this one is the most artsy of all of them. Everything else is like way too over polished. This one has this is a rawness about this. That I, I mean, really like. Clerks was pretty fucking raw. It was horribly lit and shot and grainy, but the writing on that movie is hilarious and makes the whole movie. But this is, I mean, there's something about this that makes me feel like the broiness, like they yeah. understand the broiness. Chemistry, they're, they're the way it's filmed for sure. I'll I'll agree with that. The way it's filmed makes you almost feel like it's not a movie and that you're there with them. Yeah. Because it, it feels pseudo, almost documentary-esque, the way it's shot. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel polished at all. It doesn't feel like a Hollywood movie. It's very raw. I mean, yeah, they yeah. shot a lot of this shit without a permit. The go is just like that, yeah, too. Yeah. This, though, like, this is real independent guerrilla-style filmmaking. That scene where they're stopped on the side of the highway where he's peeing and they're talking. Shot without a permit. Troopers showed up. They kind of stalled them, and they kept secretly filming. Uh, you know, in the beginning when he's on the phone and he's got the refrigerator open and it's just open and he's standing there. Well, it's open so that they could light fucking John Favreau. That's the only reason they had it open. So I love the uh, the independent nature of this film. And they just had to r- shoot and run. Uh, oh, the end is hilarious where they're at the diner and uh, Trent thinks that woman's playing games with him. He's like, I'm getting some, that's some crazy vibes. Oh, baby. Yeah, this is some crazy <laughs> vibes I'm getting. Who's the beautiful baby? Who's that naughty baby? And then she gets up and picks up the baby, and he's just like, oh, yeah. It, if you ever want to see a, an unofficial sequel to this, yeah, it's called Made, and it's about Vince Vaughn and uh, John Fav- and Favreau. And John Favreau. It's the next movie they They're do. not these characters. They're in the mob, but it's the same dynamic. It's like uh, John Favreau is like insecure about his job and doesn't and and then and Vince Vaughn is like overconfident and in the dickhead and always fucking everything up. So it's it's uh it's a it's a crazy movie. It's called Made. That's the next movie they made together. Actually, yeah. after this, it's like not a sequel, but like it's it's got a lot of the same charms that uh, like they get they go in um they go and they get a bunch of money. To like uh go to Chicago, I think they're going to uh not Chicago, Boston to find these gangsters, and they're staying at this hotel. And they're trying to get laid, and there's a little bit of swingers in there. There's a little bit of that in that, but um yeah. So I like the Vaughn Favreau dynamic. I think it's pretty funny. 
And then as far as the music, this made Big Bad Voodoo Daddy blow up too, and like swing music. I know I fucking got into swing music later in like the two thousands. I started playing. We swing. all had the wallet chains. Yeah, you wanted the wallet chains and those fucking I, I suits. I noticed the wallet chains. Those, those dope swinger gabardine suits or whatever they were, the cowboy shirts and like that was here's the thing though anthony this is i feel like people people actually talk like this they this was all thing like it was fairly well oh, i don't i don't right this, i don't record it i don't not believe you I've, i'm sure this was a thing i'm in fact if, if in fact it was yeah i'm pretty sure it was i mean i, I was alive in the 90s it, i mean this brought back so many memories because i'm like in the middle of college like Rex said and we're going out trying to pick up girls and this movie comes out and it just had all these memories flood back of uh the 90s in new york city it's crazy it's good stuff <laughs> except it's in la uh, yeah very different than new york city it's different they were all they all came from new york but right before we wrap it up there i just want to mention the the you're so money catchphrase he kind of started that but he took it from somewhere else before swingers, that's a spike lee it right? was in a the spike lee michael jordan commercial and spike lee says you money money baby uh and then he took that and then it got huge so in the and and i mean spike was huge in the 90s too making those movies where did he get roll up bitch from roll up uh, bitch. i don't know about that one. Oh, how about them get out of your house of pain how about them yeah how, oh yes how about them playing uh the video game hockey the old school sega genesis hey, Mike, make his head bleed like i'm making <laughs> his, head... his head bleed look watch this yeah and then the next time we see sue he's hanging out with those dudes he pulled the gun out he's like oh no they're cool He's like, let's go, yeah, hip hop. So, you ready to do this? Hip hop. Great. It's so good. <laughs> Did you even like all the hockey talk, Imran? I know uh, the hockey talk was fun. I but I enjoyed the video game smack talk because that was another thing we would do. We'd play fighting games and the video oh, yeah, game yeah. smack talk rang true. I, there was a quote in here that I realized I'd been saying for years. Oh, really? Especially, yeah. And I didn't know that I, it got came from this movie. It was a uh, Vegas baby. Vegas. Yes. That, I kept, I've been I've been saying that for a long. This time. This is where it's Vegas from. baby. Vegas. But baby. I got it from other people. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was that was. It maybe passed down. Passed down. Like, yeah. I don't think those people knew it was that from this, but it just been passed down. Yeah, I'm telling you this. Like I said, it had a big impact on pop culture and the way people talk still to this. What day. was your swingers growing up, Anthony? Was it like was there a was there Music? like a what like what music or, or what movie. dance? No, no, like swingers. Like for us, when we were like in our in our college years or in our twenties, going out, this was the movie that like we related to. As this is like kind of what we're doing. Yep. This is our lives. Yep. We reflect our lives. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is there a movie that you saw in your twenties or early thirties that reflected like what your life was like or what like your Oh, in but, my twenties or thirties. Jeez, is there a movie that did that? Like, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't remember the there being one uh, that that was effective. Not like that. I mean, there were movies about partying that I certainly. So the movie that always comes up when anyone goes to Vegas amongst my friends, yeah. even to this day, is still The Hangover. Oh, okay, People sure. Still reference. Wow. That. Um, okay. Not as much of a drama as this one. Yeah. Um, but uh, movies when I was younger that American Pie shaped yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I see that. There's that movie Project X. We saw that in college, and we were like, "Oh, that's us." Oh, uh, what about party. old school? No, I wasn't the biggest old school guy, so okay. I didn't relate to that as much. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's a movie like this in my 20s or 30s. Yeah, it, it hit me at the perfect time. We were like, "You saw." Actually, yeah, I don't think I, like I don't think a- I had a movie that hit me around that time like this would have. I can I can certainly see why you guys related to it. Like it, it, if it hits at that specific moment in your life, I get it. I just I watch this when I'm uh, yeah 
35 and not it's sad. super it was so <laughs> super relatable stuck with me since then yeah uh yeah the 90s were time. the 90s had some fucking would you consider shit. this one of the, being completely honest here what would you consider this one of the best 90s comedies you'd seen no but I think if for an indie comedy that was made for under two hundred thousand yeah. dollars, that it's pretty fucking, pretty much a juggernaut. Like for what it, it's punching way above its weight class. It's yeah, so, it's one uh, of the best like dudes h- hanging out movies uh, that shows a certain time. But it really, as a time capsule, I think it's probably it's its most important thing. Not here. like that, but it, it captures L.A. Yeah. during the swing scene, which is a very short lived yeah. fad. Yeah. Like imagine there's like. A dab fat, like a dab movie where people were dabbing. Like, dab. you know, things yes, were, it would be like, like out that. of style. Like everyone was doing it, but like now nobody Remember does. Lombada was big, and then a Lombada movie came out. The, yeah, Is anybody yeah, yeah. still Lombada anymore? No, it's like Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. It's like uh, all those breakdancing movies. swing music yeah. and like rockabilly western swing. That shit is still alive in certain parts. I know in Chicago, there's like a whole scene. Yeah, there was a couple was a whole, of clubs yeah, around yeah. here that had swing nights yeah. and then you'd go there and you'd see all the the chicks who couldn't get hit on regular clubs and favreau had swing. some moves that was him dancing yeah. like i think he took swing class both of them you know took swing classes and it's just a great moment when they're doing the slow dance and they do the fast dance and he slowly gets into it and you see him become confident and she's giving him those looks i love heather graham too and then you see her in boogie nights later you see a lot more of her in boogie nights heather graham's great oh heather graham's so you, uh, cute one of the things about like California, like the, the Ron Livingston going out there, he, trying to get the part of Goofy. Yes, and he doesn't get Goofy. He, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't even get, get it. He's like, I want to kill. He's like, at job. least it's Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then uh, like they go to the the party, and then they're just like, oh my god, the women here are just unbelievable. And that's how I feel like about being in New yes. York City. What, what is yes. that? What does that black guy say though? Which actually did crack me up at both the bar and the party. He's like, "This party is dead anyway. This place is dead anyways. Dead anyways. And they're both like packed every time, and then they all get into their individual cars and drive to the next place. I love this it. This place is dead anyways. Let's get Twice out of here. He does that? It's a yeah. It's popping. That's a great. The first line. time I'm like, "What? Yeah. What did he just say? This place is it seemed dead. like a pretty packed bar. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then and then I realized it was a joke in the second one. I was like, "Oh, this fucking guy." But <laughs> but that but that so. I will relate to that too. There are friends in that group that'd be like in any friend group where you're at a party, but they don't want to really do anything, yeah. but they want to be there, but they're not like making any moves. And they're just like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's what a great this? party. And you're and like, like, what are you talking yes. about? You're like, look around. Look around. This, this, is this, this sucks. place is dead. Oh, anyway. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you got the, when you got the, you know, it's popping. You don't leave. You, right. you stay. But there is always that friend in the group that's like, this place sucks. Let's get out of here. It's like, yep. are you blind? What's going on with you? See, I yeah. still think there's so many relatable things in this movie. Like parts of it are timeless. and But just seeing the way we used to have to roll with the game back in the day just took me back. <laughs> uh, I was not very good at it. Let's just, it's fair to say, put that out there. <laughs> Sometimes I was the mic. If I would have known now Mikey. what I, if I wouldn't, Knew then what I know right. now, things would be so much better. Right? Yeah. yeah. Of course. All right. Uh, Rugs, let's start with you. Wrap it up. Give it a rating. Final thoughts. I think if you want to know what the 90s were like and you know you're going to get your in for like a indie, very low budget movie with a bunch of actors that are just that blew up yep. and you want to see them at their like in their embryonic stage, uh, I think this is a great little film. Uh, 
I would put it as a film is like it's a movie at five. It's a pretty good movie at six. I'm going to give it a seven. Oh, so, yeah. All right. Uh, Anthony, what about you? Uh, I do understand you guys' connection with this movie. Uh, there are parts of the movie that I relate to, and, and the hook right to the the hook of the movie did catch me about a guy trying to get out of the dumps some, from some girl. That being said, we did preface this by saying we were doing a potentially doing a comedy tournament. Yeah, and while I understand why you picked it, this isn't the most funny movie for me. Sure, I was I was. I came into the movie look wanting to laugh yeah, a lot. Yeah. And I more was just invested in the story and um, the characters. And it was more, like I said, a, an indie dra- drama with some f- fun sprinkled around. Yeah. Fair. Um, so that in mind, and the fact that I didn't grow up with this, um, going six out of 10. Okay. <laughs> that's just back. That's, yeah. No, that's absolutely it fair. Suck. It's just yeah, not my favorite. I mean, again, to me, this is one of my favorite. 90s dudes hanging out movies and when i watched it uh it's and the just the way it brings all these memories back and is a great time capsule movie and for what he did for the money the way he shot it uh it, it's you know you don't see a lot of movies independent movies like that get big these days and it was the height of the independent film i'm giving it an eight and a half i still fucking love this movie uh lots of fun and it's great to see all of them real young when they're hungry uh and uh before they make it big so would, would this make imran yeah a 90s tournament mm. i think it would i don't know how far it would go though it may just make it one round i would definitely include it if there's more movies that are focused on comedy and laughs yeah. definitely but i still think this is more of a funny movie than it is a dramatic movie i think that it, it is cringy there's like, great cringe there are- stuff yeah, you can't take this movie seriously. Yeah. Like no one talks yeah. like this. No one does this stuff. I mean, it, people do it, but not the it's exaggerated, right? Yeah. So um I would that's why I would put it in the comedies cuz it's not they're not trying to be serious. No. Yeah, I, so, I would agree with that. It's like it's a mixture of both. Just like um Mallrats is uh is a comedy. It's not like a joke a minute. Right. Or Clerks. Yeah. It's more it, it's yeah, it's funny but they're talking about, but it's not like uh, he's talking with his asshole, like Ace Ventura, like he's not doing that. I mean, I think that I don't know how much some of it must have been improv, but the dialogue is great. And again, just like Pulp Fiction clerks, it was all the writing, the dialogue, whether it was improv uh, that made these movies stick out. But I thought Favreau's script was really on point. Uh, and uh, yeah, fun. That's it. Let's get to some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. That may have been an actual one. You don't know. Uh, I'm having problems. (laughs) Uh, I got one comment here from Daryl K. He posted the trailer. For this new anim- animated show movie series on Max called Scavenger's Reign, with the comment getting some heavy metal and aliens vibes from this one, among other things, anyone else. Rugs, you had mentioned this trailer earlier in the week. 
Uh, and I watched it, and this fucking, this looks like some dope animated sci-fi. Yes, it reminds me of that movie Heavy Metal. Yes, it reminds me of Aliens, but also a lot of Mobius. In, yeah, there's like a lot the of influences. Form. It's kind of weird because some of the character designs do, are a little very simplified and overly designed. Yeah. And then some of them actually look like more like anime or whatever. So I'm not sure if it's an anthology or it's different, maybe episodes that have different art teams on them for different parts of the story. But it's based on um, an interstellar freighter ship that crash lands on an alien world and they have to try and build a new way of life or figure out how to get home. So it's that. But I, I feel like... Um, yeah, it's very interesting to me. Like, just like it's almost like Studio Ghibli sometimes. Sometimes it looks like Akira. Yeah, there's sometimes some Akira. Looks like, yeah. Like, it, it, it's drawing from really good animation, which is like what I'm interested in the aesthetics. So, it's a little bit reminds me of uh, Primal uh, in just the terms of the simplified animation, but the world building of this looks looks really cool. Uh, Anthony, did you get a chance to watch this at all? I know I don't know if you're uh, how much you're gonna be into this. It lo- does look uh, like I'm watching it right now. Yeah, uh, solid sci-fi with some creatures. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell what it's about. I don't know if it's gonna grab me, but just visually, it looks interesting. It looks very different, very unique from a lot of other things. You know, we just watched the Invincible trailer that also has a similar, like, simple line weight, and it has its own style. But this thing just reminds me of Mobius, Mobius artwork. I love Mobius. All the way. This one's coming out very soon. Gingerad. This actually comes out this yeah. week, October 19th, in a few days. Oh. Yeah. I'll check it out. I'm definitely going to watch it. No doubt. Yeah. Scavenger's Reign looks dope. I don't know if it's original or based on uh, existing uh, book or something, but it definitely caught my attention with this animation. Okay. Let's finish with uh, what are we watching? Uh, Loki episode two. Here's some spoiler alerts. Spoiler alert. You guys caught up on that? I don't know. I don't remember. You don't remember. I did not watch Loki episode okay. two. Yet. I okay. will watch. What it. happens without spoilers? It was the one with uh, X five living as the movie star in the past. Zaniac. No, you didn't see any of this. No. Okay. No. I, I still got to watch it too. I was watching it last night, and I had drank a little bit on the Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and I. I Legitimately fell asleep. You put, yeah, it's not, it wasn't when did it come out? It comes out, Thursday, out Thursday nights. Thursday Thursdays night. at 8 okay. p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. I knew I forgot to watch something. Well, what about that Gen V? It. Are you guys caught up on any of that? Oh, yeah. That I'm, that I was raring to go with. I've only seen I, the first episode of Gen V. Oh, they, this yeah. latest episode five was the puppet episode. There was puppet violence. Puppet felty on felty violence. <laughs> yeah. Glorious. This fu- you can talk about it. Yeah, I will, I don't, again, I spoil. I don't want to spoil much, but holy shit, the show, uh, every episode, I think it gets better. Uh, I can't. I knew something. I knew one of the, the basically the, the twist, uh, who the traitor yes, was. The twist about the girl, I kind of called also in the last episode or before. I was like, mm, I don't know about this one. But it was yeah, still so a good I, twist. But uh, I kind of knew that. I think everybody who watches is going to know. Yeah. But um, there's still so much more to find out. Like that's not even yeah. That's not even yeah. it. Yeah. So it's good that like they do kind of like uh, give you something, and then the, but there's still more. So I like that. 
I feel like the characters are likable. The characters are great. They're all solid, and they all have like good storylines and motivations. Like not likable as in I think they're cool people, but I just think that they're fun to watch. The powers are very interesting. Also dealing with, you know, uh, transgender discrimination. Like that's a mind fuck. That one character uh, eating disorders and like cutting yourself. And I love how all the powers kind of tie in to those things Yeah, as an allegory for all yeah, the stuff yeah. that young kids do dealing with. That's kind of fun. Allegorically, that's kind of fun. Well, it's kind of like these horrible things that people are going through. (laughs) No, I mean it's kind of interesting that they're using that that they're that they're taking this and they're playing around with it. Just that puppet scene and the reveal of what actually happened was so fucking dark and uh, just fucked up. And every episode has a great like, oh holy shit, that's fucked up moment. Uh, So yeah, no, continues to be solid. Anybody watch anything else worth mentioning? Mm, not really. I have not. No. Yeah, me neither. Like I said, I tried to watch. Really? It. That's surprising. I was, you, really, you usually watch 35,000 I mean, 35, I things. have kept up with my ongoing shows like your uh, Star Trek Lower Decks and uh, a little Welcome to Wrexham Season 2, which is all right. Uh, what, I watched a little Ted Lasso. Are you watching the Lasso again? Oh, you're catching yeah, up on it? Yeah. it. That last season uh, was good, but it was kind of all, it was very weird. They did a lot of weird things. They jumped a lot of time, didn't show you things. And I'm like, what is going, what are you doing? What is going on here? I've been watching the news basically. Well, and like people commenting on it. Yeah. That's also entertaining of just seeing everyone spew shit out of their mouths on everything. Oh, it is yeah. crazy. It is crazy because it's one of those things that you could like, the uh, like the iceberg of like what's, being said is so deep yeah like you're like oh my god i can fall down a rabbit hole in this and uh, this well, side well, and the other side wow what's, what the what's interesting about that first off it's it's horrible what's going on over there but secondly everyone on instagram that i follow is like an expert on this yeah. already yeah and has already apparently done all the research and thinks no one else is doing any research and feels like they have to educate everyone on the research so Found that to be interesting. Yeah, this conflict is not new, people. It's been going on literally for thousands of years, uh, decades, a lot more hardcore. But yeah, it goes back to like BC era over this land. But anyway, yeah, this shit is ancient. Yeah, yeah it's you know, and it 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 uh, sparks up and dies down. But this seems a little bit different. Anyways, that's I don't want to talk about it. That's all I hear. What I do want to talk about next week. I th- here's what I think we should do. This week, I pick the movie. I'm going to we'll do dealer's choice. I think it should be Rug Boy's turn. And I think Rugs has a movie in mind. Oh, I do. You want to pick? <laughs> do you want to pick next week's movie? It's the week before Halloween. Not right now. Oh, yes, I do. There we go. Monster Squad. Monster Squad. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Wolfman's got Nard. Instant class. It is. A, Instant class. It's one, of, it's one of Rugs' favorites. And it's a, it's a Halloween week. Watch it. I watch it every Halloween. That and the crow every Halloween. All right, we're, look, we're going to do Monster Squad, and then, Anthony, you start thinking about uh, your pick. You're next. After that, it's going to be your turn. Sounds good. Okay. Choose Sounds good. wisely. That's it for this week. Uh, Rugs, where can the listener find you online? At Really Rug Boy. On, on Twitter. On Twitter X, whatever it's called. Oh, X, yes. X Twitter. You can find us there on Facebook, Instagram, X. All those links are in the show description, but the most important thing, listener, share the show. With a friend, tweet it out, post it, 
send it out, run up to someone, give them one of these. Jockey nerd. And then run away screaming. We'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll beep you next week. I like turtles. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Gentlemen, this is the Democracy Manifest. Jockey nerd.